0: Welcome to Camp Constitution Radio, with your host Hal Shirtless. This show is heard on WBCQ The Planet every Monday and Thursday evening, seven thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also pick it up on our automatic page, automatic.com, and just put in Camp Constitution. And we do upload some of the shows on our YouTube channel. Um, so anyway, this show. Excuse me, this show is brought to you by Camp Constitution, which, among other things, runs a week long family camp. And we just had our week long family camp last week, and I'm going to do a report on that. But before I do, I'd like to discuss uh, this Black Rifle Coffee Company a little bit. Just a few days ago, I got a Facebook message from a friend saying that. <laughs> Black Rifle Coffee Company has gone woke. It's uh, promoting leftist causes and donating to left-wing groups, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, I thought, let me go right to the source. So I went to the website of Black Rifle Coffee, found a phone number to call. I called, which was actually Utah number. Kind of interesting because uh, Utah has many Mormons. Uh, Half the state is Mormons, uh, are Mormons which uh, don't drink coffee although I think the company is officially based out of Texas. Anyway, a little background before I get into what transpired in the conversation and what I've learned since then. My first hearing about Black Rifle Coffee was about maybe four years ago. I was up in New Hampshire, where I now live, and I heard about this company that's pro-Second Amendment, that they're pro-veteran and that proceeds from their coffee goes to uh, help veterans' causes. And even though it was uh, sometimes twice as much as what you normally would pay for a, a bag of coffee, uh, ground coffee, uh, you know, you don't mind here and there. And sometimes you're going to pay a little more if it's a, quality coffee, a better quality coffee. And I think we bought a bag. Now I generally, believe it or not, I'm not a. I like to drink instant coffee when I'm home. It just uh, it's easier for me, and uh, we don't waste as much. And I cut down my coffee considerably. Uh, I might do maybe three and a half cups, three to three and a half cups a day, as opposed to what I used to drink some years ago. But I would uh, support a company. And uh, uh, just recently, uh, Christmas, my one of my daughters bought me a Black Rifle Coffee shirt and some coffee. They even have the uh, instant coffee. We can just pour it into the co- anyway. So, um, and I just bought a bag of black rifle coffee at a local gun shop where I first learned about it. Actually, and I think it was Osceola, New Hampshire, and I think it was like thirteen dollars for your typical what? I forget how many ounces—sixteen ounces of coffee. And uh, so, just last week, while I was at camp, a, a Facebook friend uh, sent me this little message about black coffee going uh, or just basically left us. so I called, went to their website, didn't see anything about any controversy and I spoke to a gentleman who told me that he's not aware he said their company does not give due any left-wing causes uh, and he's as far as he knows, he doesn't. he can't speak for his employees but by giving a quick little you know purview of the employees it's not likely that any of them do as well. And he told me that the New York Times did a story about them, and uh, so I thought maybe it was just an attempt to uh, smear campaign against a patriotic company that supports Christian values, American values, Judeo-Christian values, patriotism, et cetera, et cetera. But today, I did a, before I started the show. I watched a video uh, on black conservatives, and uh, I listened to a short interview of the one of the founders. It's pretty really foul mouthed, too. By the way, it was very really disappointed. I don't need a CEO or you know to drop F bombs every five seconds. That to me is uh, right there. You you lost me, brother. Um, but he was. Uh, they they basically came out against Kyle Rittenhouse. This is the young man who defended himself against communist terrorists in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin. Now, they didn't have to say anything. They could have kept their mouth shut. Uh, they could have said, "Look, let the, whether he's innocent or guilty, let the uh, let let the system let the system take its course," instead of coming out against him. So there's a young man who volunteered to serve as, first as a lifeguard. And then there's, he has some medical, uh, I guess, uh, MT um, paramedical experience. Uh, and he shows up on the scene and he actually fired in self defense. He's defending a, a friend's used car lot that the communists, and I like to say communists because that's what they are. Let's stop this peaceful protest crap. These people are paid or not so, not paid communist terrorists that want to destroy this country. So let's stop saying that they're, they're nice. do just disagree with them. People who, it's one thing to have a protest. It's one thing to voice your concern. Another thing to destroy buildings and burn down cities. That's a whole different world. That's a whole different narrative. And so uh, instead of just saying, hey, look, we don't know anything about this Kyle guy, it's, it, you know, it's not up to companies to take a position in every little thing that goes on. Uh, and I don't know. I buy coffee all you know from different entities. I don't know what the political values are. You give me a good, you know, good cup of coffee. Uh, I'm satisfied. Uh, you, the company's made a profit off me, but I benefited, so it's a win-win on both ways. But I guess not any longer. I guess you have to now air your political views before you sell anything. Um, you know, it's like I, I don't know uh, the the political the political views of, uh, you know, the when when they go into the convenience store, buy some gas. Yeah. It'd be nice if I, the guy was conservative, but I needed gas at the time. And the guy's going to sell me gas at a certain price that I'm agreeing to pay. You know, that's what you call the free market system and the free market, uh, doesn't always, uh, now that doesn't mean I think that company should have some kind of moral, moral compass. Absolutely. Uh, but, uh, you think you can buy it. and again black rifle coffee went out of their way to basically hey we're conservative we're pro-american buy us forget about starbucks buy our coffee and that's fine so they came out as an organization that uh that promotes a patriotic perspective and i'm happy to support them i'm happy to support the local businesses that are conservative-minded people And uh, even the conservative-minded people uh, where I get my car fixed, uh, Wayne's transmission. Wayne uh, Wayne is a conservative-minded guy, and I'm and he's a good mechanic. If he was a lousy mechanic and a conservative, but the liberal across the street was a better mechanic who uh, maybe did a better job fixing my car and charged me less, I would probably may consider going to him. That's called the free market. And anyway, so. it looks like uh, they have sort of thrown some of, their, some of their customers under the bus. They mentioned racism and anti-Semitism. Uh, aren't they aware of the anti-Semitism of Black Lives Matter coming out in support of uh, Hamas and the PLO, the Palestinian Liberation Organization, and the other terrorist organizations? Uh, Aren't they aware that Black Lives Matter endorses the communist Chinese, uh, I should say the um, the Chinese, the Cuban regime, the communist Cuban regime recently came out. So you think they would just keep their mouth shut and sell coffee, but I guess they can't do that. And I hate to say it, but uh, they've lost a customer in me. And I hope that some of these gun shops that sell this coffee with the thought that they will support uh, veterans groups and other causes um, will stop doing so. Anyway, uh, that's my two cents on the issue. Now getting to what is uh, the topic of the show. Our 13th annual family camp. Well, it started July 18th, which was Sunday and ended uh, Friday morning on the 23rd. We had our largest turnout in our camp history. We had families from families and uh, individuals as, from as far as California, Florida. Uh, Midwest, and of course around the rounding New England region, Pennsylvania, New York, um, even a few, lo- even some folks from New Hampshire, and we had a uh, we had a great line of, uh, of instructors as we do every year, and we had two new instructors, and one of them was Mary Grabar. I've been pronouncing her name incorrectly. I'm pronouncing it more phonetically, Grabar, G R A. B-A-R, but she said it's pronounced Graybar, and Mary is, has done some very important work. She's a historian, a doctor of history, and she uh, has uh, written a book called uh, Debunking Howard Zinn, as well as uh, she's working on another, she's got a couple of other books that she's published over the years. The Dissident Prof is her website, Dissident Prof is a professor. And she gave an excellent class entitled the 1619, basically refuting the lies of the author of the 1619 project, one lie after the other. And we uploaded, right now we're in the process of uploading all of the classes on our Rumble channel, rumble.com. And usually we put it up on YouTube, and we will eventually, but I think our days on, on YouTube are limited we got a, uh, a warning because of a COVID 19 interview I did with James Perloff. And so, after uh, you got one warning, then you have three strikes and then you're out. And I know they can find a video I posted 10 years ago and y- yank it down, yank down the whole channel. But well, Rumble has a little more freedom. So, we're going to be leaning towards Rumble. Uh, I, we got over a thousand videos on our YouTube channel, and it's going to take forever to uh, download all of them. And uh, you know, in fact, I haven't arch- I haven't archived all of the videos; it's just too many. But um, either way, we're going to be building up our, um, our Rumble channel, and we do ask that you, if you intend, if you want to visit our channel and subscribe, uh, please do so. But Mary also gave a class on a book she's working on, uh, a biography of the late, great George Schuyler. And most conservatives, never mind most people, have never heard of George Schuyler. It's a real sad uh, thing, but we are trying to do our utmost to make uh, bring his name back into the limelight. George Schuyler was a black conservative, or should I say a conservative who happened to be black, Uh, Born in 1895, I believe, or maybe a little earlier than that, he um, in Rhode Island. He was a World War One veteran. He um, at the in his early days he was a socialist. He was a brilliant writer. Uh, He ended up um, changing his positions. He became a staunch patriot, and uh, he started writing uh, for the American Opinion magazine. Uh, We have. All of his articles in PDF format. We're hoping to get the green light to uh, publish some of them. Uh, a portrait, I own a portrait of his that was used as the front cover of an issue of the American Community Magazine, which was a monthly publication, now defunct. Now, it's, uh, it became, uh, there was a monthly and a weekly called the Review of the News, and they sort of combined, and it is now called the New American but the magazine American Opinion no longer exists. But it was a great magazine, and George Schuyler wrote for the magazines from 65 to 74, uh, somewhere around there. But George, uh, so anyway, we have that that um, class that Mary gave, which was an optional class on our Rumble Channel. We also were delighted to have uh, Pastor Dave Whitney of the Institute on the Constitution Based in Maryland and this was Pastor Dave's first time at camp he gave a few classes and he also uh, participated in the closing ceremony and Pastor Dave gave a great presentation on the Second Amendment and the biblical uh, the biblical basis of the self-defense and he actually brought a replica Roman sword and when he uh, talked about the uh, verse in Luke where Jesus says, sell your cloak and buy a sword, he pointed out that this the sword he was talking about was a Roman sword, which was illegal for Jews to own. And he showed that you know, it was a double-edged sword and also pointed. And he said the cloak was more than just uh, your average cloak. He said it was something that was used as a blanket. So it was a very valuable thing. So It's better to go cold than, uh, than it is to go unarmed. And he pointed out that, yes, there's a time to turn the cheek. Uh, and when, um, when one of the apostles cut the ear off a Roman soldier, he could have acted impetuously. So there's a time to, and he told him to put the sword back in the sheath. He didn't say throw the sword away. He said there's a time, basically he was implying that there's a time there's a time to use it and there's a time not to use it. It's just like today when you uh, you carry a gun, you don't always pull your gun out unless there's a there's a you know, life is threatened. If somebody bumps you in the supermarket, you don't pull a gun out and shoot him because he bumped you. You say excuse me, there was no harm intended. But if a guy pushes you down and that comes at you in a menacing way with uh, with a knife, then yeah, you have a right to shoot the guy. So that was an incredible class, and I think when you show things like swords, replica swords, that gets the interest of the young people. And, and he also, his second class was on the jury system, and he gave a really elaborate class on uh, how a jury is really the last line of defense of a free country. So a jury can, not only can they determine the facts in the case, they can also determine the constitutionality of the law. So they might. So the judge might say, "Oh, you gotta just listen to me. You you have to just look at the facts, not the law." No, the jury can say, "Well, okay, yeah, this guy's guilty of this crime, but uh, maybe sometimes the law you are charging with uh, is not just. So we're going to acquit him, and that's the that's a very powerful last line of defense that you'll see only in free countries, communist countries, socialist countries. Well, some socialist countries may have a jury system." And of course, unfortunately, the United States has become a very socialist country over the last, um, you know, 50 years. But we still have the jury system. And the sad thing is, when people get a jury notice, the first thing they say is, "How do we get out of it?" They don't say, "Oh, I'm looking forward to serve." And uh, and he was he pointed out uh, very very much that it, it's in the best interest for free people to indeed serve on a jury. And and then we had uh, Jonathan Alexander. Now, this was his second time at camp. He came last year with his lovely wife, and they brought their nephew. And Jonathan is an attorney for uh, Liberty Council. And it's interesting, uh, we go back, uh, Jonathan, when he was a young boy, He lived uh, two doors down from where we had lived for many years in Boston. But Jonathan uh, gave a class on the Electoral College, the ne- necessity of the Electoral College, And also his role, and the Liberty Council's role, in trying to uh, make the election right, he spent time in Pennsylvania in several venues in the wake of the election. Of course, Pennsylvania was one of the states where there was uh, widespread, or at least alleged, election fraud. And Jonathan didn't allege anything. He knew quite well that there was election fraud and wasn't afraid to express that view. That the election was indeed stolen, and they had ample evidence and proof of that of such a theft. And that video presentation is also up on our Rumble channel. And he, his second class was an optional class discussing Liberty Council and the great work they do. And so we're very we're very pleased. Hopefully he'll be back next year. And Alex Newman, Alex uh, is uh, this will be the second time he came with his entire family. He had been to camp about five or six years ago for a day. But he spent the whole week, and he, his class, he gave two classes that were part one and part two on the deep state. He went into a lot of detail about this COVID-19, and this video would not be up on YouTube. If I posted it on YouTube, it would be a community strike because he's telling the truth. He's talking about the criminals who run the WHO, the communist chinese influence. The lying that Fauci has done, et cetera, et cetera, and then we had Professor Willie Soon. Now Willie's first class dealt with sunspots. He wanted to discuss that uh, as a pre before he did his class on the fifty years of climate fraudulent claims, climate hoax, fake science, and that class was very funny. He had a lot of uh, comical images in there and. Very delightful. It's it's nice when you can learn science and get a good laugh out of it too. So we had he had us all in stitches in that class. And we have many other uh classes, uh, some optional classes as well. We um I'm just trying to think of the top of my head. Um John McManus, yes, John McManus came. He actually started off after we did a camper orientation, he did his famous overview of America going into Political systems and ideological systems, and uh, the difference between a republic and a democracy, etc. A very, very well uh, received. Class, it was a no good way to set the tone because uh, the United States is a republic, not a democracy, and the vast majority of people have no idea, even those who hold political office. Uh, we had a lot of. Um, oh, we also had a. We have a wonderful junior camper program. And the junior campers, uh, this was our largest junior camper turnout. We had about 35. And the junior campers are from ages 4 to 5 to 11. And we had to break it down into two different groups. And uh, so there's different levels, obviously, from 5-year-old to 11-year-old. But they had a lot of fun. They learned a lot about the Constitution, about the American history, the Midnight writer Paul Revere, Old Ironsides, and some other, uh, Abigail Adams, uh, Betsy Ross, and some other uh, historical American figures. History is a fun, American history is great, and it can be presented in a way that young people love to learn it. And they ended their uh, their week by having a little parade. Uh, not exactly a military precision, but they dressed up in colonial attire and flags, and they had a little marched around the uh, around the camp around the perimeter of the one of the lodges a couple of times. It was a lot of fun. And they uh, also, our good friend Steve Wanjiru, brought his uh, cannons to camp. We had uh, we had a. Howitzer Revolutionary War era. This would be a replica of Howitzer as well as a six pounder Civil War cannon. And we have to fired the black powder. Uh, we fired the cannons, not any not any cannonballs, just the the black powder. And it was a lot of fun. The campers learned about these 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 two weapons and how they were used. And we also had. This will be the second year that we had some marksmanship training where it's some uh, people who fired for the first time, uh, mostly 22s, and we had a number of uh, NRA instructors uh, at the camp, Mrs. Catherine White. Oh, yes, Mrs. Catherine White is one of our constitutionalists, and she gave several classes. She gave a class on flaws in the Constitution, and it wasn't because she didn't love the Constitution, but she just pointed out that some other amendments could have been better um, some of the terms could have been more defined. And I, although I think that the founders uh, did some some of the things may have been a little bit vague, but it was up to Congress to define it. And I know vague law is always not necessarily a good thing, but um, when they used the term, you know, just compensation, well, what does that mean? Well, it could mean one thing in 1790, and today it could be a different thing. So eminent domain, uh, what a house may have been worth in seventeen ninety uh, a little different than today, but anyway, it was a good class, and you know, we could look at we could um, look at things and say, "Look, we love our constitution, but there 's a few things where um, the founders or actually some of the amendment writers, and this is the problem is that many of them the amendments gave too much power to the federal government. I mean, other than the uh, 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments, the 12th Amendment was was probably necessary. Um, But the 16th, Income Tax, 17th, uh, Direct Election of Senators, 18th, which had to be repealed by the 21st. uh, The 19th Amendment, Giving the Women the Right to Vote. Uh, I saw Catherine White uh, read an essay by a lady whose name I can't remember. But this lady said this caused this does not a good amendment, and we're not taking a position on it. But she said that it divided the household, it divided male against female, and nullified the votes in the household. Now that may be true to some extent, but definitely not our household. Uh, And then then we had uh, you know recreation activities. We took a field trip, which was an optional field trip to the Calvin Coolidge Homestead which was uh, nearby, about an hour away from camp, and Calvin College, of course, being uh, 30th president. I'd say we had about maybe 30 people that attended that and had a really good time. Beautiful uh, setting in Plymouth, Notch, Vermont. And uh, let's see, we had a whistleball game, uh, which was what uh, like, uh, Thursday afternoon. And then our closing ceremonies, Reverend Steele, Of course, I have to say Reverend Steve. How can I forget it? Reverend Steve gave a great class entitled um, "Critical uh, Crazy Race Racial Trash CRT," exposing its racist roots. And he also gave a class on America's Godly Heritage. And he was the he and Pastor Whitney were the ones that gave the closing comments. And we gave our super camper. Um, awards out to this uh actually a brother and sister team from pennsylvania first time they attended camp although their mom had been a camper in a camp i was involved in so many years ago so it was a really good experience for uh for those uh, involved and we filled the camp up and so right now we're considering either a second session it wouldn't be it wouldn't be two weeks in a row that would be too much for most of us including me but we're thinking about uh, having a July session, and the dates would be uh, for next year's camp, uh, July 17th to the 22nd, I think. Um, but we're definitely thinking of a week-long uh, an August camp, maybe a weekend in August, or perhaps a weekend in the fall Um uh, and we also are going to be aggressively trying to get as many people signed up for next year's camp as soon as possible. And I think many people will. There's a lot of folks who want to re- return and have uh, and have their uh, others uh, attend. There's one family from Massachusetts that came for the first time. There was mother, father, and two young ones and uh the mom told me that it, the camp exceeded uh, their far exceeded their expectations then we had a gentleman from long island who was 83 years of age and he had such a wonderful time he's just excited about everything he learned and uh just promoting the camp when he when he gets back to long island we did have a little bit of a a virus that went through the camp so some of us got and got home and we under the weather like me uh, you might notice my voice is a little groggy here um, but uh, hopefully we'll all be healed up in a day or two, and and uh, be back to, back to uh, schedule here. But the camp we used is the Singing Hills Christian Camp and Conference Center in Plainfield, New Hampshire. Oh, yeah, one of our uh, instructors also Michael um, Michael King from the Massachusetts Family Institute. He gave a class on entitled, well, he calls it Reclaiming Massachusetts, but he could just say Reclaiming America because what he's focusing on, Massachusetts, can be done in other states, actually will be, is being done in other states. But one of the things that Michael pointed out is that many, of, most of the outspokenly conservative churches aren't those full of white people. No, they're the Hispanic churches or the churches that are uh, Eastern European churches, which, of course, are white people, but they're not Native Americans, or native-born Americans. And uh, I believe that will be the salvation of our country. It's not going to be these liberal white people that, unfortunately, have bought into many of this leftist nonsense, but it's going to be the Hispanic community, uh, the conservative Hispanics, and the conservative Haitians. Uh, like Jonathan Alexander, his church... His father's church is 2,000 strong, and they're right in Boston. And so, uh, while most of the uh, white people of Boston, the vast majority of them, bought into the leftist, they're either atheist or Marxist. And if they are church attendees, most of them go to churches that fly, that proudly fly the rainbow flag. So uh, it's interesting too. Uh, on the field trip, we, you know, we traveled and we. Went by a few churches that flew the rainbow flag, and the folks from Florida were astonished. They said they've never seen this before. So uh, I'm hoping that maybe it's just the Northeast, at least New England, that is more aggressively supporting uh, the homosexual agenda. Maybe it's not as bad in in other areas. Although when I travel to the South, I don't I don't remember seeing any rainbow flags. Uh, 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 but it's something you see here in the unitarian churches of course uh every one of them just every one of them flies a rainbow flag black lives matter flag Trans, now they have a new flag which encompasses black lives matter brown lives matter and uh, the the transgender it's uh it's kind of crazy uh everything but white straights i guess they don't matter, we don't matter, but everybody else matters. Uh, and you see most of these people are white liberals who are these white leftist churches. You also see the Episcopal Church with the rainbow flags. And you see some congregational churches. I should say most congregational churches have bought into it. There are some that have not, uh, but they're few and far between. Um, and that's just a tragedy. Uh, we have to pray for, uh, for these churches, and we pray for the people in them who are being lied to and deceived by their clergy. We hope that they... Uh, will uh, either leave their church or that their, uh, the folks of the church will um, take a stand to righteousness. Anyway, running out of time, you've been listening to Camp Constitutional Radio with your host, Hal Sherliff, and until next week, may God richly bless you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?